Good morning. Actually, it's nice to be together again. Um, I'm really glad to be able to preach in front of people instead of sitting in my living room at home. I wasn't quite sure how that was going to work out. <clears throat> I never tried to preach without an audience. And I admire Ricky and some of the others who did it from home. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'd kind of like to see an audience in the preaching and see how they're responding and so with me. Um, the message I'd like to, to share this morning is probably fairly applicable to this situation. It isn't really um, about the situation at all. It's not the reason I'm, I'm speaking on the subject. Um, years ago, when we were in Guatemala, not so much to our door, not so much to our door, although sometimes occasionally, but more to the um, door of the mission in the, the city. There would be somebody who would come and join Davy said, You could always tell when, when, the, when they started with CSHK, it meant, I need help. I've got a problem. CSHK means um, think about it or, hey, look, I've got something. And... Often it was accompanied with a note about some sort of medical problem assigned by some supposed doctor, and um, they needed something. And um, these people were looking for mercy, somebody to help them, compassion. And it was always so hard to know, do these people really have a need, do they not? Um, they certainly had some sort of perceived need. Uh, was it really what they were claiming it was? You know, how do you know? Um, you would give people money and then somebody would say, hey, that's all that guy. He just went around the corner and he's half drunk now. And he wondered, was that, that need as real as he, he tried to make it seem? I'd like to talk about mercy or compassion this morning. Um, we, think about, we think about grace. That's a common term that we talk about. Grace is, we need to say, is God's unmerited favor. Mercy... Uh, could be defined as compassion or forgiveness uh, shown to somebody who should be punished. And then compassion and mercy are they're tied together because when you look at the definition of compassion, it references back to mercy. To have mercy, to feel sympathy, to have pity. Um, maybe mercy or maybe compassion, you say, is more on a physical level. Um, doing something, uh, mercy would tend to be more of the forgiveness of something, uh, granting them granting somebody relief from the punishment that they could have had. Uh, we're compassionate more somebody that wasn't necessarily uh, deserving of some sort of punishment, just giving them something out of the goodness of our hearts towards their need. Uh, in, in the Bible, mercy and compassion are, are closely related, uh, both, in, both in the Bible and in our understanding of them as well. And so when I talk about mercy this morning, I'm really referring to both things uh, that both the mercy that God shows to us in forgiving us sin, and then His mercy in granting us good things, and His compassion in granting us good things. And as we think about ourselves other, in relation to other people, uh, we are to be extending mercy towards them you know, when they wrong us, as well as being merciful and compassionate towards them uh, when they have need. I'd like to give a story, uh, one of Jesus, or a story from the life of Jesus, it wasn't a story he told, it actually happened in Mark 10. Starting at verse 46 and going through verse 52. I'll be reading out of the ESV this morning. Mark 10, verse 46. This is the story of Bartimaeus, a very, very familiar story. Um, but I was thinking about 
the subject of mercy, um, I kept thinking about the people that would, that would come to Jesus crying, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Bartimaeus was one of those that, that cried out to Jesus that way, asking for mercy. Mark 10, 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, the blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. I'd like to think about several things from the story um, about mercy, and really just using this as a framework to think about the topic of mercy. <clears throat> Part of Anthony was a beggar, and he sat along the road begging. Um, you may or may not have seen beggars. If you have a big city here in the United States, you probably run into what we call panhandlers, um, basically the idea of a beggar, right? Um, in Guatemala, beggars were fairly common. We didn't have it in our sorry, little town, Santa Cruz. But by the time we got to Nevada, there was there was beggars there. Um, I remember there was one guy that was pretty commonly. I would sell Bibles on the street, and the guy that was set up beside me, often in a wheelchair, crippled, all twisted up, and he would beg. His family would bring him down, and he would collect money. I suspect that he was funding a lot more than himself on the money he collected. That could be wrong. Um, but it was a very common thing to see, to see beggars. And I'm sure back in Israel, time of Christ, beggars were not an unusual sight. Beggars, especially somebody like Bartimaeus, who's blind, recognized their need. Um, they were needy people because they didn't have a good way to provide for themselves. And um, that is the first thing that we need to, that we, that we need um, to receive mercy is to recognize that we have need. Um, We, we often think that we have needs. We don't always understand what our true needs are. Maybe often we don't understand what our true needs are. Um, I remember one time, uh, years ago, there was a guy that stood up in, in front of his pizza. For some reason, I was just getting ready to leave to go to town. And uh, this guy stood up. No. He had just gone up the river. He ran into him up the river, actually. He was paddling a little canoe coming down the river. And he was all distraught. He was all worried about some neighbors that he was sure were going to kill him. And he, he found out he had started paddling hours before. He had paddled down hours and hours and hours down the river trying to get out. His neighbors were going to kill him. Um, he was pretty sure he had a need. I'm pretty sure he was wrong, because I think his problem was he was high. <laughs> pretty sure he was on drugs, and that was some trouble. But he had packed up all his stuff and paddled down for hours down the, the river. So I was about ready to go up to town anyway, so I took him out with his stuff and helped on the bus in my summer. I later saw him in his right mind. Never heard anything back from him that I had helped him, which was fine. He seemed perfectly reasonable and sane afterwards, but I assumed he was on something at the time. Um, he did not know what his free need was. He, his free need was to get off of whatever he was on and 
they get his thinking skills back out, and then he'd feel better. We need to recognize our needs, and I, I don't think we're going to completely understand all of our true needs. Um, but we need to know enough to know that we need help and to go to someone who can help us. Um, the story of the Pharisee and the publican, they both went to pray, and one of them realized what two needs, that God be merciful to me a sinner. The other prayed and went home and was none, none the better for his prayer. We all need God's mercy. Uh, we all need to pray like that, that publican, God be merciful to, to me a sinner. I think we can, I think I can, and I shouldn't portray, project it on other people. Uh, I think I can sometimes feel like, you know, if I, if I do the right things, if I obey God completely, if I make sure I'm following my conscience, all these things, um, then I'm okay. I, I, I'm, and I forget that the reason I'm okay is not because I'm doing the right things. The reason is because God is merciful. God, God does desire obedience from us. Um, but even complete obedience is only because of mercy, it's not because of our goodness and ourselves. And it, we, need, we need God's help to understand our, our true needs. second thing about mercy is we need to recognize where the source of help is and have faith in that source of help. We have to choose the right one to grant us mercy. In verse 47, um, Bartimaeus, when he heard of Jesus and Nazareth, suddenly had a, a new mission. Um, he was no longer interested in trying to get coins. He was trying to get something far more important, far more life-changing. Um, and I don't think Bartimaeus jumped up and followed after every teacher or celebrity that came to Jericho asking for healing. Um, Bartimaeus knew that there was something different about Jesus that was worth going to this man and I'm asking them to help. Maybe I told you all this story once. There was one time where we had this really large water bill, and then we got a water line that got broken on our house, on our land. But the land we were renting, we didn't realize it. And um, so I went to the, to the water, I don't know what you call them, to the office, I don't know, the water office, try to pay my bill. They told me how the cheapest bill was, which was really probably like 30 bucks or something in the U.S., that time, the fill on your cue seemed like a lot for whatever amount of water I'd actually used. I said, well, you know, there's somebody I can talk to about this. And they're like, yeah, there's just, this guy is, is the one that's in charge. You can go talk to him and see what he for you. And maybe he'll knock the bill down. Because um, the lady at the office was just a secretary. And she collected the money and wrote down that she paid, and that was it. I said, well, where does where this guy live? And she's like, well, he's at the cut in the city. I'm at the butcher shop. He owns the butcher shop. So I went. And I asked this guy, and I'm like, uh, this is totally the wrong place. This is in, this guy is here. I was like, well, you know where he's at? He's like, it's the other butcher shop. I'm like, oh, okay. So I go down there. Um, I said, no, he, he granted me mercy. He knocked my bill down. I was asking in the wrong place, but I didn't get any results. And we need to know where to go to ask for mercy. And God is, is the source of mercy in many of our situations. There are times we have to go to people, but... God is the one that we ask for mercy, uh, first of all, and that he supplies to other people some of the time. And in recognizing that source, um, we also need faith. And there's plenty of references to 
you go back to the Old Testament, there's lots of places that talk about how merciful God is and how quick He is to extend favor to us. Um, Psalm 136 emphasizes that over and over again, that God is merciful and mercy is to endure forever. We need to have faith in, in the source of mercy. Bartimaeus had faith in Jesus Messiah. That's what he's been saying, Son of David, meant. Uh, he wasn't just saying, hey, you're the Son of David. He was saying, you are the promised Son of David. And, and as such, have mercy on me. Jesus said then down in verse 52, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you well. And I, I wonder... How strong is my faith? Do, do I really believe that God will have mercy and respond to me and to my, um, to my request from Him? And, and that's questions that I struggle with uh, about mercy and maybe about God in general. It's probably questions that, that you all struggle with here. Um, one of them is, is, is God arbitrary? God doesn't always answer our prayers. Um, we tell in the way we expect Him to. Expect Him to. Um, in Romans, he says, I'll have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Let me God arbitrary. Um, I don't think so, but I still don't understand how, how God works sometimes. And what about people that have no witness, people that are at a place that they've never heard about God? And here I am, I've heard, and if I would have been in their shoes, would I have sought God? I don't know. I still have questions that I would as um, much as I'd like to think that I'm a good person, I would have realized that, that, that I had a need for God. I, I don't know if I would have. There's lots of questions we can ask about God and His mercy. Um, will He respond in this situation, this particular situation I'm in? Will God answer? Uh, the, the difficult things that I like to avoid, will God spare me from those? Or the things that I perceive that I need or want. Well, God give me those things. I mean, even good things. I'm not talking about, you know, the huge salary or the nice things that, you know, we maybe could want. But it's the good things that, that I perceive as, as being things that God should give me. And I trust God. These are questions we have about mercy. And I don't know that I have good answers for all of those, except that um, the more we know God, and the more we have faith in God, the more we can uh, understand what He wants to give us and be more trusting that He will give us as we understand better what His will is. God does respond to our cries. Um, did, it, did Jesus ever turn away from anybody that said, have mercy on me? We certainly don't have it recorded. I, I don't know that we could say you know, unequivocally that He didn't. But I think it's unlikely. Jesus was very quick to respond to people who cried out um, to him for mercy. That situation once where I called out to God. It wasn't a, it wasn't a humongous thing. I was, I was driving back to our mission station in Yadamho. I'd taken a group of people from the little town of Santa Cruzita out to, to San Andres, which is about two and a half hours away. And it's a crazy arrangement because it's the county seat in the county of the Santa Cruz is in is two and a half hours from the little town. And um, so they wondered if I could take a bunch of them out to do some um, like paperwork with the, with the government. 
like we were setting up a new town council or something at the end of the year every couple of years. And um, on our way back, I had 10, 12 people with me in my pickup, and we're driving, it's getting dark, and all of a sudden, I leave brakes. I don't know what, what happened now. You know, here we are, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's getting dark, which means everything's closing. And um, I mean, where's the nearest park store, right? Here's the, the belt that went to my alternator, my brake booster, uh, had torn. And so, found some rope on the back of the truck and tied that on as tight as we could, replacing the belt, tightened things up. And it sort of worked. We could drive slowly and actually put a brake and the alternator still charging. And so we went that way. We kind of crept along, crept along, and I'm praying, you know, let's just get home. That'd be really nice. Just make it home and we can figure out this problem. Well, I don't know how far we've gone, 20 or 30 kilometers or something. And in this little town, we're starting up a hill, a little town of West Virginia. And all of a sudden, the road started slipping. And then it just quit. It just refused to grab again. It kind of been slipping that well, so we completely stopped. So we're like, well, a little town at least, you know, in the middle of completely nowhere. And now it's bound to be some sort of a road. We can like, get some more road. Started going around. It was after dark, knocking on doors and trying to wake up storekeepers. They really weren't asleep. They were just trying to get their attention. And nobody seemed to have rope. And somebody, one of them, said, You know, there's a lot of parts placed in here in town. And I think the guys that own this still up because this generator's running. So like, wow, that would be really nice. So we went over to this place and he said, Yeah, I'll open up my store for you. So go get your belt. I brought my belt here and running around. That's well, sure enough, there's a belt. Looks, looks like it should work. And so he charged me about double what it was worth, probably. But all of those three keeps to get him out of bed and go get his, or out of his home, he wasn't in bed yet. Get him to go get it. Stuck it on. Sure enough, worked great. And I was so thankful. God had broken me down. And probably the one place between there and home might have been one of the towns that had an auto parts place. There weren't very many. Um, I was still, I don't know, probably 50, 60, 70 kilometers from home, 40 or 50 miles from home. Um, God responded, not in the way I expected, uh, but in a way that certainly worked. Um, I was thankful. So, how strong is our faith that God will have mercy in this time? And the questions I ask, I don't want them to shake our faith, but I, want, I do want to be realistic that um, we do have questions when we pray. We're not. Life is complex, but it's hard, and there are hard questions that are involved. It's not an easy thing to say you have faith and that, that God is going to answer. Third thing that I want to notice about Bartimaeus, so he, let's just review. First, he recognized who he is. Second, he recognized uh, the, the source, um, the source of help. And then the third thing is that he cried out. Um, and this, I think, helps to answer some of our questions. Bartimaeus was not concerned about what other people thought. He was concerned about getting Jesus' attention and um, getting a response out of Jesus. And I think Bartimaeus thought he was going to get a positive response. I think he felt that if he could get Jesus' attention, Jesus would respond and, and answer him. Hebrews 4 talks about um, how we can come to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And the part I like about that verse is it says, come boldly to the, to the throne of grace. Um, 
We don't have to worry that Jesus is going to reject us and not listen. We don't have to worry that God is going to have time for an audience with us. Uh, he wants us to come boldly and to, to tell him what we need. Mercy comes to those who cry out. Most of the time when Jesus healed somebody, there's people who had called out to him specifically for healing. There's a few times I think where Jesus just would see somebody and reach out to them and heal them. But a lot of the times, people would come to Jesus and ask, cry out to him for help. And mercy sometimes, sometimes is even delayed. Uh, they like the story of a Canaanite woman. Jesus sort of delayed healing, and she had to persist for a little while before Jesus finally responded and healed. I don't think God delays when we're talking about salvation. Uh, when we come to him and ask for, for forgiveness or something like that, he extends mercy immediately. But sometimes in other things, God does delay. So I think that's a key point for us. We need to cry out uh, to God. And maybe this is a reflection on my faith, uh, on our faith, is that we, I tend to be slow. There's a lot of other solutions to my problems. There's a lot of other things I can do uh, instead of crying out. I think it's a reflection of our world being more and more humanistic and more and more wealthy and just more of the things we can turn to. We have other solutions outside of God. God wants us to cry out. Jesus then responded um, to Bartimaeus and he healed and responded to his faith. Um, mercy is part of God's character. It's inseparable from, from who God is. And the, the amazing thing about mercy is that it's not dependent on us at all. It's not about us being attractive enough or saying the right words or um, having the right level of obedience or anything. Mercy is dependent on God and His character. And He responds not because we're worthy, but because He's a God of mercy. And obviously, Bartimaeus' faith has something to do with Jesus responding. But largely, the healing happened because Jesus was merciful. Um, and Christ is the ultimate example of God's mercy. God himself laying down his life so that we can have life. Jesus then um, told Bartimaeus, he said, Go your way. Your faith has made you whole, or made you well. And... Bartimaeus did not do what Jesus said. You notice what Bartimaeus did. He followed. Um, he followed along behind, behind Jesus. And I want to think about that a little because I think mercy has a purpose for us. God's mercy extended to us as a purpose, and that purpose is that we follow Him. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 5 7, in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Um, he expects it to be part of our character as Christians that we, that we follow him by extending mercy to other people. Mercy says that we are like God. Um, did you ever notice that in the context of non-resistance in Luke 6, 35 and 36, um, it's right where he talks about give to him who asks of you and then move on down to loving your enemies. And then after that, it says in Luke, um, I think Matthew, one of the other Gospels translated, Be therefore perfect as your Father is perfect. In Luke it translates, Be merciful as your Heavenly Father is merciful. So in the context of non-existence, we are supposed to be merciful in response. 
I'd never seen it, never thought about that connection before. Mercy says that we are like God. It's like a family resemblance. Our Father is merciful, we are merciful. And we expect, I mean, as humans that have some sort of knowledge about Christianity, we expect Christians to be merciful. That's part of the reason beggars show up at mission doors, right? Christians should be merciful and give. Um, and if it's a rich American Christian, that's even better because you know, that's a winning combination for being merciful and has money. They've forced us to tell them, or told me about one time, about some guy in some school uh, when they were there. They would show up at the door, ask for something, and then remind them of the Bible verse that said, give to him the asking to see. Um, his expectation was, Christians should be giving, and I'm needy, and you have stuff, shouldn't you give something to me? Uh, his, he was obviously a little misguided, but his point is true. Christians should be merciful. Um, that's something we expect to see in us. For our mercy to parallel God, um, we, need to, we need to be merciful because we see intrinsic value in the person who is the recipient of mercy. That's to say, we see, we see that God has stamped something um, of himself in that person. And, and that's the reason we extend mercy to them, uh, whether it's compassion and giving them things, whether it's forgiveness for something they've done, uh, whatever the reason is, or whatever the, the action is, do we see the image of God in that person that we're relating to? Um, and maybe it's not even people that we directly have contact, maybe it's people across the world are extending mercy to people that have God's image on them. Mercy shows real like God. He who has received mercy is expected to give mercy. Um, so we're talking about following in, in, in God's example of mercy, Jesus' example of mercy. Um, it shows that we are like God, and then it, it is expected of us because we have received mercy. Um, Y'all remember the story of the, the ungrateful servant. Um, he's forgiven much, turns around, and grabs his fellow servant by the neck, demands a few coins from him. At the end of that, um, the master says, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? That's really a story about forgiveness, but that, that little line at the end um, also talks about mercy. So I think we can learn about that story, but our impression of God or our perspective on God's mercy and forgiveness towards us based our response towards other people. Um, I think I'm a pretty good person. God didn't have to work too hard to save me. I'm not going to be so quick to extend mercy to other people. If I see how lost I was without God and the tremendous debt that's been forgiven me, I'll be much quicker to forgive and to extend mercy, to be uh, gracious to other people, to be willing to give and help them. Mercy is all about relationships. God's relation to us, relationship with us, is the way we receive mercy, and then we extend mercy in relation to other people. Um, in Central America, there's, there's a pretty strong Catholic influence, um, obviously because it was Catholic to start with. And so because of that, there's a lot of emphasis on good deeds. It's not even maybe 
something that people talk about a lot. It's just sort of expected you do good things to other people. And if you're more wealthy, you, you give to people at the core. And so beggars generally receive. Um, you know, people are willing to give to them. But I think a lot of the time when they're giving, it's not about, I care about this beggar. It's, I'm doing my good deeds. I'm doing the thing that society expects of me. It's sort of my, my duty. And I want to help them out. That's not being merciful because of a relationship or because of caring about the person. Um, as we extend mercy to other people, let's do it in the context of genuine care for the person and then potentially developing into a relationship. Often when we start to help people, it develops into something more than we expected it to be to start with. Uh, to be good, that can be um, more difficult. Relationships sometimes are, are complicated. We need to extend mercy to anyone in need. There isn't like a certain group that we should be extending mercy to. Jesus told a story of the Good Samaritan. At the end of it, he told a lawyer, he said, uh, which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell among thieves? He said, well, the one that showed mercy or showed compassion on him. And he said, well, you go do the same. Um, God calls us to be merciful, not just to the people that we know well or the people that are convenient, but to everyone. Uh, years ago, um, I was driving somebody's, I don't remember, I think maybe it was right after Penny was born, I'm not sure. I had busted in the city with Alex and um, picked up our vehicle and drove up with my parents in law, they just gone in. And I think Crystal Cousin Mother was in law too. And we were just past all run, so I don't remember exactly which town we were coming to. And, um, a very low, hot area in Guatemala, and all of a sudden my vehicle broke down. And it had blown a coolant line. And they, they just sent to work on my engine to replace one of my coolant lines with a line that was not made to withstand the heat, and it, it went out. So there I was. Not only was I sitting there, but I also had visitors from the state sitting there, sweating in the like 80, 90 degree weather, and it's like a desert outside, because the way it is around El Rancho. And alongside this busy highway, I heard a crack trailer pulls off and stops. And he came back and looked at my vehicle, like, yes, you're overheated. Like, uh, I'm not sure what I can do for you, but he hung around for a little while. And then a pickup truck stopped, a really nice pickup truck, not a broken down little pickup truck. But a truck that was nice enough that you sort of wondered what the guy did for a living because it was a pretty nice truck. I'd still be happy to have that truck today, I think. Um, but he was very nice to a couple guys, and it and, um, was a little, and then they ran off and they brought water back for everybody. And he's like, I can tow you somewhere, but I don't have anything to tow you with. The trucker said, well, I've got a chain, but I can't tow him with my truck. So they collaborated and they hooked a chain to me and hauled me for, I don't know, it was a good little ways, probably four or five miles to a gas station where they were pretty sure there was a mechanic and dropped me there, and sure enough, I found a, a mechanic and eventually got my vehicle running again within a couple of hours and was on my way again. They showed mercy to me simply because I had need. They had no connection with me. There was no reason that they um, should have reached out to me. They knew them would take anything for what they did. Um, they still could have charged me a, you know, a nice towing bill for 
So the people pulled me and they, they did not. Um, they were merciful just because there was somebody in need. And God calls us to be ministers of mercy, um, not just to significant people, but to anybody that has, that has need. Along with that, mercy could be practical. Those guys did a very practical deed for me. It was not just say, oh yeah, we're sorry, we'll be praying for you. Um, you know, we'll call the police and see if they can come help you out or something, which they probably wouldn't have in that case. Uh, mercy is to be very practical. This good Samaritan, he helped that man, bound up his wings, stuck him on his, stuck him on his animal, took him to the, the end, paid for him, which incidentally I today was about two days worth of wages. It's still chunk of money to pay for somebody who's not anything about and to put him to be kept at the end. Um, but mercy is to be displayed in actual acts of service and giving. My neighbor, Keith Maxey, has a gift of giving. I don't know if you any of you would know him. Keith is a very, very, very giving individual. In fact, somebody that knew him said it's very difficult to give Keith money and pay him for anything he does for you because he just wants to, to give. Uh, I think about him when I think about acting or mercy or, or giving because he's always caring and giving to people um, in very, very practical ways. Uh, you know, he's, my car is making fun of boys. I'm like, hey, Keith, do you want to come over and just look at this and tell me? Um, I'm at work. My wife has a drain that's flooded. You know. Like, can I call Keith? Like, yeah, I call Keith. He'll come over and help you. He loves to help people, and he, he's a very, very generous soul. Mercy should be a hallmark uh, for us as well. I'm going to wrap this up. Sorry, I'm running over. Um, what, did God, what does God call us to do as His ministers of mercy? I don't have answers to this. I don't think there are exact answers to it. Don't ask, don't ask several questions or leave several thoughts. Um, what hurts and needs are around us? I, I, I ask myself this question sometimes. We're often sort of isolated. Our, our American culture tends to, tends to be pretty individualistic. And I think our Mennonite culture tends to be even more um, separated. And there's fairly good points to that. But I think there's also a tendency for us to not really know what goes on around us in the community and know where there are hurts. And what are the hurts and needs that are around us, places where people need mercy? Uh, what are the hurts and needs even within our circles? Um, we haven't rubbed shoulders for a while. We've been stuck at home or at least not in church services together. Do we know what, what other people need even within our own bodies? And I wonder if you lived in Gladys or in Rustburg um, or in Lynchburg, where would we see him extending mercy and meeting needs and helping people? Especially uh, be doing more than I am. And now he would have a he had a he had a ministry more than we have, maybe, but we are his representatives. Now, what would his role have been here? I think our world today, especially American culture, tends to paint a, a pretty picture of life. Right? Like we, we want our we want our houses to look nice, our yards to look nice, our vehicles would be nice if they looked nice. Um, 
you know, whatever shows up on Facebook, that probably should look nice to you. Something about our American society tends to try to paint a picture of everything going great. Uh, when the reality is, things really aren't nearly as great as they look. Um, and I don't know how we get past all of that always. And how do we really find out what people's needs are? But I'm sure that behind the nice exterior that we see, and probably even within our even within our own group, um, we don't. Not everybody knows always what's going on inside and the needs that are there. And much more even with our, our neighbors and the people around us. Um, Crystal posted, I think posted a picture, I'm not sure, she took a picture the other day and showed it to me. And uh, I got her phone for the photo editing software on her phone, which like stylized this photo and it's a nice color. And I was amazed at how nice our pictures were looked after we went through that filter, you know, posted that and everybody thinks we've got this really nice floor and don't notice that there's a large hole in Illinois further on down and it's actually pretty stained, but with that filter, it looks good and we're, you know, we're getting a good veneer. That's, that's not the intention, but that, that's a little how life can be, right? That, that it's easy to for there to be an exterior that looks good. How do we get below that and see people's real needs and help them? In conclusion, I just want to think back over this, not to go over every point, but remind us that God is a God of mercy. Um, he wants us to depend on Him for mercy and cry out to Him. And God will respond to calls for mercy. His, his very nature is that of being a merciful God. doesn't preclude obedience. doesn't preclude His, his, um, his right to judge uh, or to punish. But he is a God whose nature is merciful. And then the second thing, that we are to be his ministers of mercy here on earth. Um, there's people with needs. Uh, we're to be merciful to each other and then to, to the people around us. God bless you. Kind of time back to, to Richard and Bob.